here now on the seventh Sunday after the Epiphany. And we have for this day of a theme built up in Christ's perfect love. When we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we being baptized into his name, we receive such a kingdom. A kingdom whose Lord is our Lord Jesus Christ, who, when he walked on the earth, manifested the heart of the Father. And he was the love of the Father revealed. And so those who have been baptized in his name, we could say that we've been built up in that perfect love. Although we may say we are not perfect. But the foundation upon which our lives is being built is being built upon the solid foundation of that love of God for us. The reason why the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world is because of the heart of the Father for us, His creation. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him did not perish, but have everlasting life. Christ was the manifestation of the love of God. And we are now in that kingdom, kingdom of God. We are being built in that perfect love. And so we may say that we also should live our lives and conduct our lives according to how God wants to live our lives. Our responsorial psalm, the prayer of the psalmist, is that, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. It is his desire to know the ways of the kingdom. That he may learn to walk in the ways of the kingdom. So his prayer is that, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. And he says, and I shall observe it to the end. When is that end? That end is when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back again. Not starting to walk while we have that uh, fire burning in us. We truly rejoice in principles of our God and afterward that fire begins to burn out. But the psalmist says, I will observe it today. So I pray that we may also pray the same prayer that the psalmist prayed. How that he says to teach us also. This might be also our prayer. Lord, teach us the way of statutes. And I shall observe it today. And we know how God operates his kingdom. We know how that the ways of God are totally different from the ways of man. Prophet Isaiah declares that. He says, For my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. He repeated again with a more clear understanding 
He says, "For my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts." So that we can see that the ways of God is totally different from our ways, and even we could say that the ways of the world and the ways of the kingdom of God, we will not going to jive. We would always, always be in conflict. Because the ways of the world are not according to the ways of God. And God operates, God's ways, God's principles are always being built upon the foundation of love. In our gospel reading for today, this is a, we would say, the conclusion of the Beatitude. Beatitude begins with how he went into the temple, or in the mountain, rather. Then there, the multitude followed, and also the disciples were sitting before the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, he opened his mouth and thought. And there he declares the parable. Now with this uh, gospel that we have today, yes, it talks about uh, the Old Testament law, the Old Testament principles. But there is this thought that the Lord Jesus Christ would like to communicate to us, how that these laws Yes, it is there, because God is a fair and a just God. We might see this sometimes being unfair, but this is God. This is His ways. This is His principles. There's nothing that we could do about this. This is how God operates. We can see in verse 38 how that <clears throat> Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you in the right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your clothes also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, Go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. So we can see here how that these principles, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. This is how the world operates. This is now the system of the world. Not even just an eye for an eye, Tooth for a tooth, sometimes even lies. It only started with just an argument and it will end up killing. But these laws and these principles, they call this also lex talionis or the law of 
retaliation. The purpose of this uh, law is to attempt to enact fair justice among the peoples in ancient Israel. We can see this that wherever harm is committed, whether intentional or not, the judges of ancient Israel were expected to authorize the law of retaliation, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You can find that in the book of the Vedicus, chapter 24, verse 20, and the book of Exodus 21, verse 24. This is the Old Testament, an eye for an eye, to pray to. Even fair justice. This is how they execute justice then. They want to communicate to the people God is a fair God, just God. You cannot go beyond the crime you have committed, the, the judgment that you're going to receive according to the crime that you committed, at the same, uh, we would say, judgment you will receive. The court of law could not be, uh, go beyond what is required. So they set these rules, an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. And we can see here how that Jesus says, but I tell you, not to resist an evil person. If we are just going to read it like this, then we will misinterpret thought. We'll just allow evil person to do always that is evil in his heart and in his thoughts. And we are not going to resist them. But a thought concerning this uh, idea, this word, resist not an evil person, is that do not resist him violently. Or, same thing also with these thoughts, maybe in Hambari Karayas, upper verse. An eye for an eye, two fingers. Then it says, But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, throw the other also to him. In, in the old times, to slap you on the cheek, that means to shame you. There are those that would slap you behind the back. If they slap your right cheek, it says here, if they slap you in the right cheek, they would use their right hand behind your back. And that is to shame you, to humiliate you. And if the person slaps you in the right cheek using the left hand, the left hand in their culture and in their times, they consider the left hand unclean. 
So when you're being slapped by a left hand, that is also humiliating you, putting you to shame. And even we would say, we can see in our first reading how that in Leviticus, Moses says, you shall not be a tail bearer. That simply means you slap me behind the back. Or in our term today, sinaksakbo ko ng patalikod. Stab me behind my back. That is what tail bearer do. How could he, that person, defend himself or herself? When he or she is being backbite, the chismis is everywhere. You know, chismis have wings. Started with one person, then spreads, flies everywhere. And so, it's the same with us slapping you behind the back. If someone behind your back, criticize you behind your back, slander you. It's as if the two would be slapped behind the back. And so the Lord Jesus Christ says, if anyone wants to sue you, it says here, and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. In the New Testament, we can find this in Corinthians, how that St. Paul says, Do not sue your brethren. Says in the uh, letter of St. Paul, that we should not sue our brethren. But here the uh, thought that the Lord Jesus Christ wanted to communicate, someone sue you, wanted your cloak to be the payment of the debt of that person. Okay, he wanted to take away from you that which you are uh, using, especially night. Okay, he wanted to take that from you, give it to Nicole. Give everything to the person. They wanted to shame you, okay. Go ahead. Give to him what he wants. Then he says, Give to him who asks of you, or, and whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Then the Romans, being in authority and in power, they would always use the Jews to carry their armor, their gear. They would use them as a slave, as their armor bearer. And you know Jews, they don't like doing that for the Romans. That's why the, Jew, the Jews hated the tax collectors, Matthew, because 
he allowed himself to be used by Romans to collect taxes from the Jews. And they would consider him traitor. And so the Jews did not like doing this. They would murmur. They would grumble. There's no joy in doing this. And the Lord Jesus Christ says, okay, go to miles. Do extra mile. Then he says, give to him who asks of you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Those who are in need, umabar natin panamat, it's not in need, it's capricho. He says, do this. Sounds unfair, like, right? Slaps you in the right cheek, Give your left cheek also. So you and then take your cloak, give your tunic also. Ask you to go one mile, then go for two. This is what Romans do. Then he says, Give to him power. What is the idea that the Lord Jesus Christ wants to communicate to us here? Yes, this is the way the world operates. This is the system that the world works. As I've said, God's ways, God's kingdom. God's principles are totally different in the ways of the kingdom. All of this that we have mentioned, they exercise power and authority. They say they are the power of God. And what the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to reveal here is that We, in a sense, retaliate, but not according to how it was set by the justice of the court of law then. He wants us to retaliate in love. Remember Jesus Christ when he came. into the world. Remember this. I said, if there is someone who has the right to say it is unfair, it is the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to us to save us, to redeem us, to show the Father's love. To reveal to us the heart of the Father. But what does He get? Our sins. And what do we get in exchange for that life He gave to us? That precious blood He willingly poured out on the cross of Calvary. What do we get? Eternal life. 
redemption, salvation, blessings, kingdom of God. So if there is someone who has the right to say it is unfair, it is the Lord Jesus Christ. He could say that to the Father, Father, it's unfair. Is there sins? Is there mistakes? Is there choice? Why should I suffer for them? Why should I die for them? But Christ chooses to obey the Father. And even while he was on the cross, he didn't murmur. He didn't complain. He didn't say anything against us. We might say, when he cried to the Father, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is that a complaint? It's not a complaint. Because he knew the price of his obedience, his separation to the Father. Whom he knew no separation. But only then when he responded to the urgency of God's call to redeem us. And even if we are going to imagine, we as Gentiles don't even have the right. We are not that the covenant people of God. We are Gentiles. We have no rights about God's covenant. And God chose to love us, send the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he didn't say anything. Oh, it's unfair. It's not fair because that is how God operates his kingdom. He operates in love, in mercy, and grace. So the attack of the Lord Jesus Christ is not according to the ways of the world, but according to the ways of the kingdom. He wants us to understand. The last verse we read, he says, Be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. The first reading says, Be holy. For I am holy. How much of here is perfect? I would not raise my hand. So I would ask again a question. Who among us is here perfect? You could not have the courage to say, I am. Because that would be the first, or we would say, sin that we are going to commit again. We are not perfect. But how come the Lord Jesus Christ says, be perfect, just as your Father also is perfect. Be holy, just as your Father in heaven is holy. Is it possible or is it impossible? In the eyes of men, 
It is impossible. But in the eyes of God, it is possible. God once said to David, You are a man after my own heart. Was David perfect? Was David perfect? No, he's not. He commits sins. But even though he commits sins, God says, You are a man after my own heart. David quickly repents. David quickly acknowledges sins. So we too, in the eyes of men, we are sinners. In the eyes of men, we are not perfect, and we could not be perfect. Because man always wants to find fault on each and every one. That is the way of the world. But in the eyes of God, we are perfect because He is perfect. We are holy because He is holy. We are not holy because of what we did, what we accomplished, what we have reached. We are perfect, we are holy because God is holy. And His love is holy. Agape kind of love. So God wants us to walk in this reality. Operating His ways. In verse 43 it says, You have heard it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Then he says, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He says, you have heard that it was said of all. Love your neighbor, hate your enemies. But the Lord Jesus Christ again turned it around and says, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. Again, we say it's difficult, it is unfair. So the Lord Jesus Christ continued. If you love your neighbor, what reward you will have then? If you greet your brethren, what reward do you have then? He says even the tax collectors do that also. Even sinners do that also. So what's the difference? So he say, But I say to you, this is the law. Love your neighbor, hate your enemies. But this is now the kingdom and the world that I want you to operate, the Lord Jesus Christ says. I say to you, love your enemies, 
do good. Because this is how the Lord Jesus Christ came to us also. He loved us. He didn't hate us. He prayed for us. The only way that we could turn the heart of our enemies is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It is only to be done through prayer. Here we can see the instructions of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and he said, pray. He didn't say, curse them also, retaliate. If they speak behind your back, speak behind their back also. Hate them also. This is the Old Testament. But the Lord Jesus Christ now bringing into our realization that his kingdom is love. And so we say, we could only change them. We could transform them, not by mind, nor by power. But he says, by prayer. So in praying for them, Showing them the God kind of love. Do good to them. Bless them. Instead of retaliating, do the opposite. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ says, A true shame then is the action of your enemies. It's up to them. They would continually hate you. Will continually curse you, be in anger with you. So he says, do the opposite. Because this is what being Christ follow, follower is all about. When we say we are Christians, we say we are baptized into his name, and when we begin to operate like the world, operate. Should we say we are Christians? Or should we say we are also like heathen? Those who have no God. But this is what about being Christians. Not doing what the world is doing. Not operating, not walking, not living out our lives is what the world does. We do the opposite always. Because this is what it is being, what the Lord Jesus Christ says, let your light so shine before men. That they may begin to see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This is good works. Bless your enemy. Love them. Pray for them. Do good to them. It might be bad in their eyes, but it is not. 
the eyes of God, they're just doing the right things. So he says, be perfect just as the Father also is perfect. If we are not poor in the spirit from the beginning, then we are not also poor in the spirit in the end. Because this is what the Lord Jesus Christ says. Blessed are those who are poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. And when we walk in these ways and in these principles that the Lord Jesus Christ taught us, doing the exact opposite, how the world works, he says, in what in this gospel that we have just read, in verse 45, you will find this. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Now, let us go back to the Beatitude. It says here in verse 9 of the Beatitude, of verse 5 in the Beatitude, he says, Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Then what follows? He says, For they shall be called sons of God. If you consider yourselves sons of God, sons of the Father, verse 40, 45, if you want to be considered sons, he says, in verse 9, blessed are his makers. This is what we do. We do the exact opposite what the world is doing. For in doing so, we may say, Inuhusan natin ang malamig at tubig. Nag-init nila mga ulo. Really so because this is what it is about being Christian. Being sons of God. Being sons of the Father in heaven. He says, become a peacemaker. Not the author of chaos. Not the author trouble and a solution to the problem being peacemakers. This is what God wants us to realize in these last thoughts of this beatitude. Becoming peacemakers. Becoming the sons of God. Becoming sons of the Father. 
you want that being named uh, to us, sons of the Father, then let us live out these thoughts that the Lord Jesus Christ saved to us. Yes, it might be foolish in the eyes of others, but it is wisdom in the eyes of God. St. Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians that the wisdom of God is foolishness to men. It might be sound like foolishness in the eyes of the people. But this is already God's wisdom. This is how God wants us to live our lives, to walk in His principles. Let us also pray the prayer of His Psalms. He says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Teach me the way of your statutes. Yes, it would be difficult. It is hard. It is not that simple to love our enemies, to give your other cheek, to give your tonic, to give to the opposite. It's not that easy. But it is being done. Understanding that we are being built up in the perfect love of Christ. We do this because we love God. We honor the one who gave us the Lord. We love the one who gave us the Lord. We respect the one who gave us the Lord. We honor him because we love him also. First, we should understand he first loves us. We are not precious. We are not worthy of the blood that God chose to send us, his son, to die for us, to show us love. Let us also be motivated to do all these things. Let us be motivated in keeping the commandments of God, walking in the statutes and in the principles of God, keeping in mind the love of God for us, that we might also learn to love one another, to show the love of the Father those who are around us. Not retaliating, not an eye for an eye, not a tooth for a tooth, but love, mercy, and grace. Because this is what we have received from God's generosity. This is what we receive from the abundance of the heart of God. His grace, His mercy, His love. Let's all stand once again with care.